reset for those of us who don't know uh second city sports we'll be doing this zoom style for these next few weeks because with everything that's going on um the Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown, hopefully Jason will be joining us in a little bit. But uh, first of two parts that we're going to be doing this. Um, for me, like, I, I actually, here's the thing you said. I actually watched the 06 Rose Bowl last night that came on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Just because, just because you know, like, I, you know, the game was, you know, it's still a classic to this day. Even after all these years, there's still some questionable things that happened at the game. But just to how great that game was. I mean, I for me, I've been watching a lot of. You can only watch so much like classic sports. Like I, they just yeah. the '05 Elite Eight game between Arizona and Illinois that play that was played right up not too far from where we are at Rosemont, the old uh, Rosemont Horizon. That they they celebrated that team. That was a great game. Um, you can only you can only uh, watch. My bad. Uh, <laughs> man, this, 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 this is life. This is our, uh, our, our life here for like the next few weeks. But uh, I mean, like I said, I only go out really for like, like you, like you said, to go like grocery shopping, going to Target or Walmart. This whole thing has been a big victory for all the introverts out there. Oh, like, yeah. Any, oh, yeah. Anybody who doesn't like going out being around people, this is like a big victory for those people. And who knew after <laughs> all these years, Howie Mandel was actually right. You know, not being <laughs> Not not being around people, not touching people. Who knew he was on this after all these years? But uh, but uh, yeah. So you know, it's, it's been it's been sort of uh, it's definitely been trying without sports. I mean, thank God for the NFL. Well, of course, we'll talk we'll talk NFL in a little bit, but because I think without the NFL, we all be going insane right now as sports fans. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be so much worse right now. Like you said, we'll get into that later. But uh, I ran into a family friend of mine earlier today. I had to go do some errands, and, and she actually lives in the same building as I do. And huh. we're talking about, uh, the, uh, about the traffic. If you do have to go out for grocery shopping, or like I do, I had to go out for my 9 to 5, which I'm, I'm my 9 to 5, that does not require me to work from home. I actually had to go out. But I noticed that the traffic, it's like a ghost town. You still see some cars here and there, but it's like a ghost town. If you notice, not to get too political here, but if you notice, not to me, people have been talking about the environment. You know, that that's been, I'm not an environmentalist, but I'm all for clean air for everybody because it affects us all. But if you notice, no one's been talking about that these last two or three weeks. And I noticed too that the traffic has been moving smoothly. Yes, you still see accidents <laughs> here and there, but. I notice I, I, I can get to my job within 20 to 25 minutes. Same thing going home. It's like, okay, now if we can get just half of that when things return to normal, <laughs> so bad. I hope people get this through their brains. Now, I think what you're going to see happening too is you, you see uh, our colleagues in the media and other jobs, they are, they are required to work from home. If, if, if those people are allowed to work from home after all this is over, it's going to happen. And if they're not allowed to work home and they're not needed, those jobs, unfortunately, are going to get cut. So we'll see what happens here. But as far as traffic's concerned, if I can get at least half what's going on right now in traffic, not to get caught up in a traffic jam, it'll be perfect. I mean, listen, look what happened in Venice. I mean, their canals, the water in the canals, they're completely clear. Mm-hmm. They're all clear. I mean, not a single, like, waste or anything like that. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying about the environment. I mean, 
you know, if you go to downtown Chicago, it's virtually yes, it's a ghost town. Oh it's my goodness. Town. I mean, there's yes. nobody there. I mean, you see a few people, you know, essential workers and such. Now, as far as the jobs are concerned, unfortunately, for those of you who don't know, Intercom, like iHeart and some of the others have had to let go of some people because of this. And yeah, those people we know personally very well. Yeah, yeah some people we actually had on the show. Yeah. So our best wish to, to those folks as they go through this because it, it's affecting them. I mean, all the stations were affected, but I think a lot of the sports stations were the ones that were most affected. So mm-hmm. you feel for those people, and hopefully, you know, this this will get back to hurry up sports, and then we need to get back to nowhere because not only for our Sunday, but for people's jobs. Yes, uh, we all know that sports is, is the lifeline to the economy to get uh, job back on quickly. We saw what happened after 9-11. Baseball resumed this season, and you, and you saw what happened there. We saw what happened with the NFL back in the, uh, back in the day, even though the late Commissioner Pete Rozelle said that he regret, don't, the one thing he regretted was uh, playing games um, during that weekend, that, uh, that tragedy of John F. Kennedy. He was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Of course, the NFL played that weekend, but – uh, we we see that sports gets us back to where we are, and it takes a diversion off of our normal problems. It, it is a boost to the economy. Look at uh, I'm gonna break this down for some some folks. Look at uh, your parking attendants, uh, the workers inside the stadiums. It, it's just not uh, those most of those arenas. Just like oh, she's used to the United States since we are broadcasting live here in Chicago. Those those uh, arenas like that, they're not just used for sporting events. They're used for concerts business conferences and, and other events as well. So those workers, uh, they don't just work, well, I mean, basketball season right now, they don't just work the 41 home games or the two or three preseason games. They work the other events as well. So it's affecting them. So we, we all know that the, most of the athletes and the coaches are well taken care of financially, but it's the everyday people, the security guards, the like I said, the parking attendants, the ushers inside the arena, the restaurants around those stadiums, they get a big boost too. And those are people are, that are affected as well. And, and thankfully, all the leagues are stepping up and paying those folks during this time because this is a busy time for, of year for them. And some of those arenas are being turned into temporary hospitals because the hospitals are so crowded in this. So, hope, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, people are helping out when they need it. I mean, I think people, you know, they say that, oh, well, this person is worth billions of dollars while well, they're only giving out this much money. I get annoyed by that because I think, listen, mm-hmm. you know, what are you doing? That's why I ask those folks. Thank like, you. Thank you. you. Financially? So, you know, the, don't get on them for, at least they're doing something. You know, something's better than nothing. So I think people just need to kind of leave them alone and, and just, you know, just let's see if we can try to get back on track, get back to some type of normalcy. Exactly. Whatever uh, people can give, just do it. No, not all of us have a million dollars like these owners and these ownership groups do, but whatever you can do to help out somebody, just do it. Like you said, worry about a dollar amount. It's just silly. It's really a distraction, to be honest with you. So whatever you can do, if you can do it financially, do it. Don't worry about the next man. Just worry about yourself. It, exactly, because we're, we're all in this, this together, as they say, and we need to kind of like do what you're supposed to do, and then we can get back on track here. Yeah, and speaking of doing what you're supposed to do, I was listening to a couple of uh, news talk show stations around town, and and I, and I hear in certain parts of the city, and I'll say in certain parts of the south and west side, kids are still playing basketball. I, that that makes no sense. Now, 
I was telling my uh, my family friend who I uh, spoke to earlier today, I am not not to get too far off the subject here, but I am impressed by our leadership. Politics aside, I am impressed by our leadership and Governor J.B. Prisker and Chicago's Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Mayor Lightfoot, uh, she closed those uh, those beaches and the lakefront down. I know that we don't have too many sixty degree days around here during the month of March. I get it, but. Uh, with everybody congregating at once, I know you want to get out and exercise because that stay-at-home order just started the prior week. But you're gonna uh, congregate about 20 to 50 to 100 people. That that's just not gonna fly. And so she, the only thing um, way of life they had to do was shut the lakefront down. And I'm glad she did it. Yeah, I mean, same here. I mean, this our 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 governor Pritzker and Mayor Life have done such a great job. They've been a front. Uh, with all of this, and listen, I, I'm. I think for what I heard, I think she she has ordered for those nets to be taken down, or, or at least the rims, those bathrooms to be taken down from those parts, because there are some there. Like you said, there are some places on the south and west sides. I mean, I, listen, I don't know what more do you guys need to learn from this because mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, people thought oh, it was only going to be older folks, but listen, we've seen that younger people are getting this as well. So mm-hmm. and we had an infant die about a week ago. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I think people need to kind of be mindful of what's going on. Do what you're supposed to do. I mean, listen, like I'm, I'm a, listen, I'll admit this. I'm, I find Mayor and Mayor Andrew, I mean, Governor Andrew Cuomo more and more attractive because I'm seeing him more and more on television. So, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I, mean, I know it, 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 it's crazy. I know, yeah. I need a uh, psychological help here, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean he's done a great job. Uh, Mayor, I mean Governor Whitmer, Whitner, I think that's her name over in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Governor Newsom, uh, Governor Newsom's done a great job out in, out in California, and uh, Governor Inslee in Washington is doing what he can because it's key that place. You know, in Washington State, has sort of been the forefront. That's kind of how where it all started. So listen, they do it as much as they can. I mean, yes, there are some governors that are not doing such a good job. We won't say names because we're not political right. shows. But, uh, I mean, listen, just, just, just practice common sense, folks. That's it. Yes. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And wear gloves if you can. And if but you're I don't sick, know about you. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know about you, Lakina, but I can understand. I've been seeing this around for the last few weeks. I can understand why older people are wearing masks, and, and I understand that completely, so I'm not going to complain about that, but right. I, I, maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe you can ca- calm me down, quote-unquote, but I noticed that if you have more regular citizens with masks than facial masks and, than doctors do, I have a problem with that. Now, you can tell me I'm crazy, and that's okay. It's not the first time I've done that, but if I see more regular, uh, it seems like to me there's more quote-unquote regular citizens like us with facial masks on outside of senior citizens than our doctors and, and nurses who are on the front lines every day. I, I have a problem with that. I'm glad you mentioned that because I just saw this morning there was a guy in Brooklyn that had poured like all types of masks and ventilators, like about a million. Yeah, he got arrested, so I'm, I'm like, okay. Like you, you like yeah, I, I mean, listen, you're, you're hoarding all this stuff when you hear Governor Cuomo, your governor, just say that he's short, they're short on masks and ventilators, and yet you're hoarding a lot of them, knowing that these hospitals need those, or medical staff need those? I mean, come on, dude. It seems to be like a lot of hoarding going on, you know, with toilet paper, with this the medical supplies, necessities. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. I mean, come let on, me ask you. Let me ask you, did you, did you, be honest, did you or did you not participate in the toilet uh, paper hoarding? 
I we couldn't find any. My sister and I couldn't. We couldn't find any toilet paper. Oh, good, that's good. But I did not either. Yeah. So yeah, so by the time we yeah, so by the time we got to the uh, went to the stores, I mean they'd already all the toilet paper shelves were empty. So I mean I don't. <laughs> I know people like it's toilet paper. Yeah, y'all supposed to be buying like vitamins and medicine and stuff like that. So I I noticed too, like a couple of weeks ago when all this started, I noticed that because I'm a pasta guy, but you know I had to uh, lay off of it sometimes because you can get addicted to stuff. But (laughs) usually when I go shopping, I know what I'm going to shop for, and I don't have too much of uh, too many problems. But a couple weeks ago, even though I I try not to get caught up in it. Uh, it's like shopping to survive. All the pasta was gone, and all the fish were gone. All all the chicken was gone. Of course, all the toilet paper was gone first. So it's just like uh, it was almost like a survival of the fitness. Now the tensions have eased up just a little bit because we're still in the beginning stages. But a couple of weeks ago, it's almost like I had to find because I eat specific things because you know you stay right. healthy and all that. But it's like it's almost it was almost like a survival of the fitness and, and people. Some people in I uh, know uh, they're anxious, and I understand why to an extent. But you're just taking this thing to a whole nother level. It's like we're not going to get anywhere. You just pretend to uh, just uh, let your anxiety take over and just go act crazy. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think it could also be that maybe because kids are at, kids are out of school now, and you not only was possible for their breakfast, but you also gotta provide them lunch and maybe a snack. So maybe that's why, because I've seen like cookies and a lot of, you know, crackers. A lot of those shelves were empty too. So maybe that's why. I guess I don't. I don't know. But I feel the the ones who I feel for are the seniors, the high school seniors, because unfortunately it doesn't like they're gonna be going to prom, and it doesn't look like they're gonna be um, going to like graduation trips, so they may not even have a graduation. Mm-hmm. So those are the and also the eighth graders too. I mean, those are the people who yeah. I feel for. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. This is a, a, a time of your life you're supposed to celebrate an accomplishment and you're trying to move on to the next chapter of your lives. Of course, they're going to get get their degree, but with all the celebrations, without going too crazy, of course, but it's supposed to be a celebratory and happy that you made one accomplishment, but just because uh, because of something that we can't see or control, it's taken away from it, and that's not fair, but unfortunately, Sometimes these these things happen. Hopefully, an event like this doesn't happen again. But I'm with you. I feel sorry for our college uh, graduates too. They'll be right. sent their degrees, but they can't celebrate with a former formal ceremony with their family and friends around them. So, uh, and like I said, that's just a hard part during this ordeal. I'm glad you brought up the college um, aspect of it because those of you who don't who forgot or may not be aware, the SLA decided to give the spring sports athletes an extra year of eligibility but not the winter athletes and why while i i commend this only for doing that for the spring athletes but what about the winter i mean it's not their fault their postseasons got canceled i i look at sabrina Nescu, who will never know if she was able to end her amazingly accomplished career with a national championship i you know i feel for yvelle mm-hmm. azabuke from kansas i mean who knows if he would have been able to leave with the championship. So, I, I mean, I those are people who I feel for. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And and we were talking about this on the show uh, leading up to this, Lakina. We cover college basketball as, as part of our uh, main line here on the, on the radio show. 
this college basketball season I enjoyed because we had like seven to eight, maybe nine teams that were ranked at number one uh, at various points in the season. I know Kansas were, I think, the the only team that to remain their past two or three weeks. But th this uh, NCAA tournament, the March Madness, I was really looking forward to because, as we all know, the upsets do happen at this time of year. But where uh, the Kansas would have survived it to, uh, to win the national championship, we'll never know. Could have Gonzaga, even though they reached the title game against North Carolina a couple years ago, would this have been the year for them? We never, we'll never know. Could they have broken through, uh, gone to a final four, or perhaps winning? Unfortunately, we'll never know. And many of those um, players will, unfortunately, will not come back, especially if they're one and done and or seniors. Yeah, I mean, look at the, the schools that haven't that hadn't been there in a long time. I mean, Penn State, it's been about seven years since they've been to the tournament. Mm -hmm. um, Hofstra, the last time they went was when Jay Wright was still there before he went to Villanova. They got, uh, they got, they won their conference when the Colonial got an automatic bid. You know, we'll never know how far they could have gone. Um, East Tennessee State, I mean, some people thought they could have you know, pulled off an upset. Liberty, you know, that, that that's a team that, you know, has caused fists in, re in recent years. Um, also, Rutgers. I mean, the Rutgers hadn't been in the tournament since 91. So those are the people who I feel for because those guys, I don't know how many of them are seniors, but you got to think that they lost a year of, you know, play really basically for nothing. Yeah, uh, let's bring it back home to our home state of Illinois. Bradley, back-to-back -back years yep. in a tournament. Could they have won a tournament game or two? Unfortunately, we'll never know. In the final line, that Brad Underwood saved his job for now, but we never, we'll never know if that team of this year would have won a game or two or maybe surprised some people. We'll never know. And also Northern, I mean, Northern Illinois won their division in the MAC. You know, if could they have gotten a, a bid for from their conference? That would have been three Illinois teams. So, again, mm -hmm. we'll never know. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, keeping up with the uh, Illinois theme here, uh, Dave Lato somehow got a contract extension. <laughs> I, know he's, I, I know he's a nice guy and all that, but uh, I'm kind of like Lawrence Holmes. I heard, I was listening to his show yesterday. He didn't get into it on the air, but I, we talked about DePaul on our show, Lakina. Uh, they, they look great in their non-conference schedule. As we told you, if you listen to us, when you get into conference play, it's going to be a whole nother ball game, and look what happened. Not to pour salt on, salt on the wound, but we told you that this was going to happen. Three three conference games that they have won, and he gets award with a contract extension. I mean, <laughs> I mean, God, I mean, it's so – I don't want to get into a rant here because we got other stuff to talk about, but uh, – right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, DePaul continues to do things backwards when it comes to their men's hoops program. That's just how it is. And they still refuse to play Illinois, but that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you can see, uh, so, sorry about that. Told I told, yeah, I told her not to, you know, I, I was doing this. So <laughs> sorry about that, folks. This uh, is live, folks. L I V E Live Entertainment. <laughs> yes, yeah, so nothing and nothing like it. So. Um, any other, okay, well, let's go to the pros, uh, Sid, uh, okay. right up until they kind of started this whole thing of the, the domino effect of canceling games or at the very least suspending play. It's unfortunate because the Lakers were, were playing, uh, were playing very well. Milwaukee was on a roll. What do you think about the NBA 
going into this, into this stoppage? Uh, it, it was too bad uh, because, like I said, the Lakers were playing well. They did beat the Clippers on national television that Sunday afternoon. Houston, as, as we, all, we always say, they're a great regular season team. They were rolling in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Milwaukee were at the top, and Boston was coming along even before Kimball Walker returned from his injury. So uh, the Clippers, they're still up there. But uh, will, which team will benefit from this break, assuming that they'll return, if they return at all, whether it's June, July, or whatever, uh, which which team or teams will benefit? I think it's going to be the Lakers, but I, with LeBron James, the way he was playing, I know some people right now, if the season would end, it would give the MVP award to Giannis Antetokounmpo of, of Milwaukee. But I said this on our last radio show before our brief hiatus. I, I would give it to LeBron James. Look what he's doing at age 34. He's nearly averaging a triple-double. Uh, even though he's fifth and sixth in scoring, but look who's the league leader in assists, LeBron James, over 10 and a half in assists per game. You cannot beat that, especially a man at his age playing in the 17th year. That's incredible. I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Sid. I think definitely the Lakers will definitely benefit from this whenever they do come back. I saw I saw an article on the in the Boston Globe saying that maybe they might play all their games in Vegas, maybe just in the regular season now and just play the playoffs in Vegas, kind of keep it in confined to that particular arena maybe just invite you know 16 teams or maybe just do eight or whatever four from each conference and then maybe have them all play like best of five and then like the finals could be best of seven and then everything else could kind of all fall into fall into place here yeah if you want to start next season on time that's something you could do just um trump kate the playoffs the, the first round the best three out of five which uh, they did until the early 80s yeah. Uh, the best three out of five, and then the second and third rounds, the best. The uh, the maybe you still do the same. It depends on when they get back, but if they can get back a decent amount of time, you can shorten the first round to best three out of five, and then the rest of it, uh, the best out of seven. But if you want to do uh, all the rounds, like I said, it depends on what time they get back. You can do the best three out of five. It may be quote unquote cheap, but if you want to start next season on time, this is something that they. EBA is considering, but should consider uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the league, the league's losing, listen, all these leagues are losing money, so they're mm -hmm. all on the same boat, so it's not like, you know, one league's making, everyone's losing money here, so it's not like, you know, every everybody's like, you know, taking advantage of all this, but, uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the NBA, because I, I feel, kind of feel like I've seen all the videos of some of, the, some of these players, I mean, they're all starting to get restless. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. You can only find so many creative ways to kind of keep yourself, you know, occupied until basketball starts again. I mean, uh, Steph was working out with his young son, Cannon. And <laughs> yeah, I saw that earlier today, yeah. Yeah, I saw Taco Fall was doing something something weird. I don't know what, <laughs> what, what, what was he you doing. You know, from All-Star Weekend here in Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like, okay. That's what, <laughs> listen, like I said before, I think some of them, I think some really want to get back out there because I think they're getting mm -hmm. kind of like, like so they're getting kind of restless. I think that's what we as fans. I know a lot of sports fans are getting more and more restless without this, like, well, like day mm -hmm. 22 without sports. Look how mm -hmm. the athletes feel. I mean, they they yeah. wish that they could get back out there and play and you know be on the court. And I know LeBron said that he wasn't a fan of doing it without fans. That's, a, that's something we may, may have to do at this point. So, mm -hmm. See, here's the thing. Whenever the NBA gets back, assuming early June, mid-June, or early July, whenever that time frame is, these players will have to have some sort of training camp because, let's be honest, 
Not all players have a gym in their house like LeBron James. Not all of them live in a house either. Uh, well, you could go to a, your team's facility. That's close. You can go to your local gym. That's close as well. So uh, the, the, these players will have to have maybe a, a two, sometimes maybe maybe even a three-week training camp to get back in shape because everybody's not in shape like a LeBron James, like I just mentioned, because everybody does not have a gym in their house. I'm sure they're doing some form of exercise, but to get in shape, you got to play uh, in basketball shape. You have to play basketball. Right now, these players uh, cannot play basketball. They're just like us, um, uh, staying quarantined and trying to stay safe and healthy. Well, here's the thing. The, it's going to take some time for these players to get back, and uh, we, we just got to get used to that. Uh, of course, as, as you mentioned, all of the sports fans will be happy to to see uh, the basketball players come back, but it's, it's definitely going to take some time. So you definitely need some sort of training camp. And as far as the COVID-19 is concerned, um, everything, everyone's clean for the most part. Um, Marcus Smart from the Cells actually has offered to give his blood to the, I, I think it was Boston University or Harvard, I'm not sure, so they can test it out so that maybe perhaps make an antibi antibiotic for, to you know, to counteract the COVID-19 virus. So uh, yeah, man, that's a cool thing. I know, I know. I think a couple. Of, I think Kevin Durant's doing it too. So mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah so it's, it's, it's great that, that that the players are doing this because I I feel like you know they're doing what they can to help, which is great. Yeah, and that's what we talked about before. Whatever you do to help to give back, it, it doesn't always have to be in money. Like I said, blood donations. You know, helping packing trucks for food and supplies. Anything that you can do, just do it. It doesn't always have to be in money value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually forgot to mention this when we were talking about the tournament. Uh, Florida State, they had their their best season ever, and you know they they won the ACC ACC regular season title for the first time since joining the conference by for, by themselves. So mm -hmm. beautiful for those guys too, also at Florida State because it was actually supposed to be a down year for. Leonard Hamilton's crew, and they actually ended up having one of their best seasons. Yeah, and they were knocking on the door at the Final Four a couple of years ago, and like you said, it was supposed to uh, be a down year. Uh, they flipped it around, like you said, and won the ACC regular season title. Uh, we wouldn't, we now won't know if they would have uh, made a big run at it. So it, it's just unfortunate the way the situation is right now. But like the college sports, we all are affected, but college sports, I think, is affected affected mostly because this is the time of year that they shine and like you said Lakina mentioned uh, about the athletes this is where the ones they are going to the league considering the league this is where their stock rises or falls you're doing it on the big stage it's a one game a one game elimination tournament which team can win six games in a row in a in a four-week stretch and and as we have seen in the past I want to get your opinion on the ESPN college tournament players of all time. We'll get into that in a sec, but we remember names from years past like Wally Zerbiak, Mike Miller, and those unsung heroes, Gordon Hayward, who could have been a bigger hero. Uh, if you yeah. watch CBS Sports, they kept yeah. playing that game the last five times, but, you know, um, uh, some unnotable players that made their names on a, uh, on a big stage in, in March Madness. Bryce Drew in 98, I remember that was yeah. vividly, so uh, unfortunately we were robbed of that this year. Shout out to Bryce Drew, though, new, new, uh, the new head coach over at Grand Canyon University in Arizona. Uh, so, you know, good for him. I'm sure he'll do, he'll do great there, I'm sure. 
Um, yeah, Eduardo Nahara. There was a <laughs> there was a skirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a skirt name we haven't heard in years. Um, I, I'll give CBS credit. I mean, they played the hits these last couple of weeks for the tournament. Mm -hmm. I mean, they played the 82 championship game with, of course, you know, Mike Jordan became Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> you ask Gary, you ask Gary Bridges to say he'll be the first, he'll tell you that listen, I was the first one to call him Michael Jordan. <laughs> he gets a kick out of that every time. Like, hey, I said it first, folks. You can ask him that now, I, I swear. Um, of course, the 83 championship that next year between North Carolina State and Phi Sama Jamma. I mean, it, it was great seeing like Terry Gannon, I think like one of his teammates from that team, I forgot who it was, live tweeting from, you know, those from that particular championship game. Mm -hmm. That that's great to see. Um they just showed the 85 Villanova Georgetown, which if you look at it now, it really wasn't much of an upset, if you think about it. No, Villanova was a very good team back then. Of course, Georgetown, there was in the middle of their run during that heyday in the mid-80s. Of course, the Hoya Destroyer, Patrick Ewing, and of course, uh, head coach, the legendary John Thompson. They had some great teams. Uh, they did finally get one, I think it was the year before, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The year against Houston, they, yeah. Yeah, so they should have won. If you really think about it, they should have won at least one more title. Right. And that was the Villanova game. They definitely would have been back-to-back -back champions. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you sort of like you're stuck scratching your head to this day. Um, they just show – they actually showed from a few years ago the 2016 uh, Villanova-North Carolina game. Chris Jenkins with the last-second shot at the buzzer. Yeah. Um, they actually showed last year's championship too. And that was the, uh, the 2016 one. Yeah. I think that was the birthplace of the Jordan crying meme, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, that, that, that was, yeah, that was the first, that was where the infamous Jordan crying meme started. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so they actually, they actually, actually also showed the one from last year, which actually ended up being a very good game between Texas Tech and Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I believe they're going to show the Kansas-Kentucky game from 2012 where Anthony Davis and them uh, played. So, where they won the championship, actually, it was a great game, too. So, yeah. I, and I was actually, Go ahead. Yeah, I was actually watching the one this morning on CBS Sports Network, the Duke and Maryland game from 2001 in Minneapolis. Uh, and I was just uh, looking at the rosters from both teams. I was like, how many players that they were chosen uh, to go to the NBA from both those squads? Uh, looking at Carlos Boozer, Chris yep. Duhon, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Who else was on that squad? Shane Battier. Jay and Williams. Maryland. Yeah, Jay Williams was on that squad. Yeah, looking at Maryland, um, uh, Baxter. Yep. Uh, I forget his first. Yeah, I forget his first name. Uh, Lonnie Baxter. Lonnie Baxter. I think he played for the Bulls for a minute. I think. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, uh, Steve Blake was on that team. And I think Will Cox was on that team too. So Chris, um, I think it was Chris Ruffin, I think. Yeah, I think it was on that team. But uh, they, both teams were stacked back then. Of course, you're looking at uh, head coach uh, Gary Williams back then too. I said if Steve Francis would have stayed, they probably would have won a national championship. Of course, this is a Steve Francis left the year before to go to the draft. So, but Maryland still kept on rolling. Of course, they would win it the next year over Mike Davis's Indiana squad. Yeah, but it was just so funny to look at some of those names that then. They had good careers in the NBA for both those teams. Yeah, and also, yeah, I mean, some of them, but I want to see, like, some of the stuff we haven't seen in a while. I mean, I want to see a young, um, pimply-faced 19-year-old Steve Nash, you know, when he played at Santa Clara. They, he yeah, helped yeah. upset Arizona all those years ago. Um, Hampton and Iowa State. I mean, that was actually a pretty decent Iowa State team back then. 
Oh, uh, Jamal Tinsley, who can we forget? <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah I think Pfizer had already like graduated, but uh, that was a mm-hmm. big upset. So George Mason's run to uh, the Final Four. I mean, yeah, Loyola's run just come. Yeah, Loyola's run I, I want to see like things that we haven't seen in a while. Like you said, that that Bryce True play. I mean, when's the last time we've seen that? I mean, I mean, I appreciate what CBS did, but you know, it, it's kind of like okay, yeah. can we? Show some other classic because there were really some really good ones. Just saying. <laughs> I don't think that we played this game yet, but the greatest college basketball game I've ever seen was the 1991 national semifinal between Duke and UNLV. For those of you that don't know, Duke got destroyed by UNLV in the title game the year before. In 91, I think UNLV, they were undefeated or they had one loss. Mm-hmm. And Duke battled them down to the wire, forced the game to overtime, and Duke took over and made their free throws down the stretch in that overtime. Look what happened with that um, with that UNLV, UNLV team, Larry Johnson, with the gold tooth even back then, folks, for you younger <laughs> folks. Larry Johnson, Anderson Hunt, Greg Anthony, Stacey Alford, all those, I think except for Hunt, all, the, all those other names I just mentioned went pro. He had yep. the, the shark Jerry Tarkani doing, now doing his last year as a coach before he hopped into, hopped into the NBA and quickly got booted out. But those were some great UNLV teams back then. They had some great players. Of course, on the other side for Duke, Christian Leitner, Bobby Hurley, and Grant Hill. Of yep. course, then uh, the game uh, uh, two days later in that year, they destroyed Kansas in that title game. And that was really the start of that run for Duke, which the, the school that we know for, uh, they're known for today as a basketball powerhouse. Five championships later. Let me get another game, and I don't think they replayed this yet either. I remember this one specifically. I think it's the third or fourth most best college basketball game I ever, ever, ever saw. Duke and UConn from 1999. Now, this one I remember specifically. Duke had one loss. Elton Brand was the best player in the country. Of course, he would later get drafted by the Bulls. Uh, Ch- Chicago's very own Cordy McGetty was on that team. Trajan Langdon. They were going up against U- UConn with Ricky Moore, Rip Hamilton. Uh, who else was on that team? Jake Bosco. Khalid El Khalid, oh, thank you. Uh, Happy Khalid El Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got fatter with the Bulls, but that's a whole other issue. But they had a stacked squad, too, and they, and they found a way to beat and upset Duke. I, was just, uh, I think most of the country, including those truly, was happy because they beat Duke. Duke, by then, was a powerhouse. They had a great squad, but they were a powerhouse. And, and this is we started to see uh, a trend that we see now. The, the, the one-and-done uh, players uh, leaving big-time schools, including Duke back then. I know Coach K didn't like it, but he has to like it now because it puts money in his pocket and the money in the school's pocket, and they still be on TV, and you have to win ball games to keep up with the Joneses. So that was one of the, that was one of the other games I'd like to see BU replayed. They actually just showed – actually, I think they're about to show the 2015 championship game between Wisconsin and Duke. Duke actually won okay. with those one and duns with Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow, Jalil Okafor. I remember uh, that one specifically. And shout out to my guy, Jason Kesson. I know you met him a couple of times. He's a yeah. producer and co host of Saturday afternoon show. Um, if you really looked at that Duke team from 2015, Justice Winslow was a better player than Jalil Okafor, Chicago's very own, by the way. Justice Winslow was, was a bigger force than, than Jalil Okafor. Okafor was the big prospect from Whitney Young, I believe, from here. Yeah. And he was the big superstar on the team. But once you got into the tournament, Justin Winslow stepped his game up for that whole tournament. 
Yeah, Tyus Joseph, I think, had scored like, like 17 points of the mm-hmm. 17, those second half points. That's how they ended up paying on against Wisconsin. So I think, I think they're going to show that game this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, let, let, let's, let's, you know, let, let's play some games that we probably haven't seen in years. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, because I've heard people say, well, why not they, why don't they show Bird versus Metro from 79? Well, well, CBS didn't get the, the device to determine until like three years later. So, <laughs> right, because so that game from 79 was on NBC. So, yeah, to like 81. So, yeah, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't show those games, but, uh, yeah, so you you feel you feel for those 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 players because especially like you said the seniors because they won't get a chance to kind of shine. I mean we were robbed of having to see that that Cinderella. So mm-hmm. and on the women's side too, I mean the, the women's field was probably the most wide open as men in a while. So there were like ten to fifteen teams that probably could have won the championship. So. We were robbed of seeing all that, and we're not going to see it. Women's College World Series in softball. We're not going to see a men's college World Series in baseball. So you, you feel for those players because, mm-hmm. yes, some of them, the spring athletes will get a chance to redeem themselves, but the NCAA is in a pretty much of a, a bind here if you're in some of these programs. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, especially on the women's side. I know you keep up, up with it more than I do, but – you didn't hear UConn women's basketball team too much this year. I know they still had a good record, but you didn't hear them as much this year. You, you heard of Oregon. You heard of South Carolina. Shout out to Don Staley, the, uh, the head coach. But like you said, it was about uh, maybe close to uh, 10 teams that, that had a chance to win the women's national championship. Unfortunately, we won't be able to get to see it. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's just unfortunate all around. Uh, we're we're kind of going up against this, so we only got a few more minutes for this part anyway. We'll, 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 like I said, we'll talk NFL. We'll talk about all the other stuff that's going on in sports in a little bit. So sort of like to kind of put a capper on this stuff with the, 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 the COVID-19 and it, its effect on the world of sports. I mean, Wimbledon's canceled for the first time since World War II, I believe. Uh, the British Open might be canceled. Uh, they've already postponed the Kentucky Derby. Um, it, it's just that it, it, there's just like so many things that are like either in free fall or they've been delayed or they're canceled. What's what's the, like the one like a couple of events that you look forward to that your bum that's going to be either canceled or just been postponed? I'm not a big horse racing fan, but I like the Kentucky Derby because uh, it it's like a barometer of uh, the summer season is almost here. You're right in the middle, especially when you're NPC Sports. You're right in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs, so you get those viewers to tune in right before they air the, the hockey uh, playoff game. Yeah. Also, I was looking forward to the Olympics, too. Now, with them yeah. being pushed back uh, uh, until ne- uh, next summer, you're going to get that. And as of right now, that and the Winter Olympics in the same year. I think that's the first time since 1992. Well, I can't remember, but 92, 92 I think. Yep, okay. yep. 92. Okay, so I'll go right <laughs> on that. Yeah, I was going to say 94, but 94 is not a – a summer Olympic year. That was a winter Olympics, but uh, I was really looking forward to the summer Olympics. Now that's going to be pushed back a year. So those, uh, I'll pin those two events. I was really looking for, forward to. That I was looking forward to that. And every year I look forward to the French open. That's going to be delayed till September, late September. And then you've got now Wimbledon. I mean, that's been canceled and the open championship might be canceled. Although, Golf Digest actually reported it, but the Open, the Open uh, Championship uh, organizers have said, no, no, not so fast. We haven't decided that yet. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, this has really kind of put a, a damper on a lot of people's, you know, sports calendars. I mean, we should be getting ready for the Final Four right now. Mm-hmm. We previewing the Final Four right now, Sid, and it's unfortunate that that's not happening. So and yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but we we got to we got to deal with this, and I, I, we're going to deal with this the best way we can. That's how we all. Well, we that's how we baseball. always do. We need baseball. Oh, I know. Always. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, when this April thirtieth um, deadline is passed, hopefully, if 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 let me repeat again, if it does not get extended, I think we will see baseball by Memorial Day at the early, no later than maybe June fifth or June first or something like that. And maybe we could talk about this in part two. But how would you see the baseball schedule? Because I think I might have an idea or two. Well, you know what? You can hold that thought because we're about to wrap up part one. We're going to talk about what baseball should do once it comes back. We're going to talk about the NFL and all these things that are going crazy that are going on there. Guys switching places, you know, different places, some questionable trades, and the Bears maybe an open quarterback competition. <laughs> I like how you did it in Richard Nixon style. Open, I am not a court competition. <laughs> exactly. I swear I'm not a court. <laughs> so, for so for Cindy, I am Lakina. This has been part two of Second City Sports Zoom style. Hopefully, Chase will be able to join us. We'll see you in a little bit. See ya. Okay. Now we can. And we're back. And we're Yay. back. All right. All right. So welcome back to Second City Sports Zoom Part Two, right here on Zoom. <laughs> Looks like it looked like Jason. Jason wasn't going to be able to join us. Hopefully, we'll able to, hopefully we'll able to, he'll be able to join us next week. But we're going to get yeah. to like some stuff that we didn't get to talk about during the first hour. Now, Sydney, I I know you want to talk about baseball because they're supposed to be playing right now. Um. What do you think's happening? Well, I thought she was going to be going to a couple of games next week, but, you know, because of the I know, I know. virus, I that won't be able to happen. Yeah, I feel bad for the, uh, I feel bad for, uh, nobody. Sorry, kids. <laughs> hello, live, hello, live Zoom, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I know, I know you were supposed to go to a couple of games. I feel for you, I feel, I feel for guys. Uh, people like Alyssa, our good friend Alyssa Bergamini, who does a lot of the, the in-game hosts for the Sox games. Yeah, um, friend of the show, by the way. Yes, yes, and she is a great, a great friend of ours. And um, God, God bless the family of Ed Farmer, who passed away yeah. late um, Wednesday night. Um, he had battled a long illness, so, you know, probably the one good part about it is that he's not suffering anymore, so that's probably the one bright side, I guess but I feel for his family, for the White Sox organization. But this is supposed to have been a, a big year for you guys, and now you're in this holding pattern. How are you holding up? Uh, it's tough, you know, but uh, hopefully they'll get back out there soon. I'll get to my uh, plan in just a minute, which, which I teased you in the first part of the show. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, shout out to NBC Sports Chicago for broadcasting. the. Um, they're currently broadcasting the games from the 05 regular season. Uh, it's been nice to watch some of those um, games so far. There's a couple of clips on my Instagram and, and Twitter pages at SidKid80, once again, at SidKid80 on social media, both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it, it, it's nice been watching those things, but 
uh, this year is supposed to be the uh, the turnaround, and I, I think if if they get back out there this year, I think we'll be able to see some of that. Now, before we left you guys in the first part of the show, I had an idea of how baseball uh, could still have uh, at least, uh, like you said, Lakim, maybe a hundred game season, at least 120, 130 games. Assuming that this April 30th uh, deadline is not, I repeat, not extended, and everything is supposed to be at a curve, and we're supposed to get back to normal. If they can, if baseball can start on Memorial Day, or no later than June 5th or June 6th, you can still get a, a, a season in. But here's the thing: the All Star break is around July the 10th or the 12th yeah. or something like that. If they yep. just pick up the schedule where uh, they left off. You may have to do without the All-Star game this year. I know it's supposed to be in Los Angeles at uh, Dodger Stadium, but to get as many games in it as you can, you may have to uh, ditch the All-Star game. Now, the other plan was, and I've been hearing experts uh, talking about this, you may have to do uh, double headers, especially against your uh, division opponents, a uh, seven-game double header or both a day-night double header. It's like, I don't know if that's going to work. And even if, you, let's just say, they did do that, you had to call up extra players, and and I don't know. We all know already know that baseball is a grind anyway for six months. But do you really want to do that to play almost every other day or maybe two days out of the week? Uh, schedule double headers to try to get in as many games as possible. I don't know if that's going to be a, such a great idea. I've heard that, and I've heard like Scott Boris's idea about maybe playing the full 162 games, which I don't know how you're going to do that. You're going to miss Maybe about people running to, to um, Christmas. I'm sorry. Yeah. No one wants to watch live baseball, <laughs> even at Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then they're talking about uh, playoff games and ultimately the World Series at a neutral site. That's not going to work. I like baseball just like you do, like Kenema. Do you really want to watch live baseball, especially during the, the meat part of the season of the NFL? They're going to lose ratings wise. They are. Maybe. So it's not going to make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the whole—I find that I found—I found what he said funny because, like, okay, how are you gonna do that? Because you're gonna be, you know, it's all gonna be like you're intertwining like a lot of these or you know, a lot of these stadiums, and they got plans for other things. And mm -hmm. I also say that maybe, perhaps, that some people said maybe have do seven inning games, maybe, and then maybe you know after like extra innings after a certain name, like maybe like the tenth inning or something, like you put like a runner on second, and then do that if they can score there. I mean. I've heard all types of weird things. I think people just need to kind of, okay, let's, let's get this, this let, let the, all this slide pass over first. Then you can figure out, okay, okay, let's do 100 games. Let's do 120 games. Let's do 130. I mean, it, it's just like, I think people just need to kind of like sit back and just figure out like what, what to do here. Because I know, I know a lot of players want to get back, get out there. I know a lot of managers want to get out there. Uh, I know Rossi, you know, David Ross, you know, new manager of the Cubs, he's been wanting to do this for years now, and I know he has to wait a little bit <laughs> to, to start managing. Um, I mean, at, at this point, baseball is like everybody else. You're kind of in a holding pattern for a little bit, and you don't know what's going to, you don't know what's going to happen. So, and I, and I think it's one of those things where you just got to wait and see. just got to play it by ear and wait and see. Yeah, just uh, like the, all the other professional leagues, you got to play it by ear and to see what's going to happen. Then you make your uh, arrangements there. But all these leagues got to have a plan in place. Just in case this happens, we're going to go with this action plan. If this happens, we go with this plan. If that happens, we go with this plan. Now, in terms of baseball, uh, 
can you uh, how much can you really uh, uh, tinker with the schedule? I know, like I said, we mentioned in our first part of the show, 9-11 was different. You just missed that whole week of games. They made it up at the end of the season. It was just one week. And so they made it up at the end of that season. They were still able to get the postseason in. I think it ended in like the early part of November, the first week of November. So they were okay because they were backed up by a week. But this is now uh, – you're going to miss the first part of March, which was like a week anyway. You're going to miss all of April. Probably going to miss the majority of May as of right now, at least 90% of it. If yeah, my plan least. works and everything goes according to plan, if you start on Memorial Day or no later than June 1st, you, you probably baseball will have no choice at this point to pick up where the schedule uh, left off for all these teams. You may have to, like I said, ditch the All-Star game if you want to get as many games as possible. Can you really have an All-Star game worth really one month of play? That, that just wouldn't make any sense. I think about, I think about spring training, too. Yeah, what what'd you say, Sid? No, I'm just saying, could you really have a true representation of <laughs> all-star players? Let's just say if the season starting on Memorial Day or no later than June 1st, the, uh, the all-star game is on July 10th or something like that yeah. in L.A. I'll have it in front of me. But can you really have an all-star game with only a one full month of baseball? Yeah. And also, really? what about spring training? I mean, they 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 had to stop spring training. Literally, just mm-hmm. just they just had to stop it. So, are right, we gonna have to do maybe two, three weeks, maybe even a month of spring training to get these exactly. guys back mm-hmm. in shape? So, I know I see like all these cool videos. I thought Mike Trout did some batting practice at his house, and um, I think I saw Dexter Fowler do something uh, like that as well. And also, I thought I saw Gene Carlos Stanton do some do the same thing over at his mm-hmm. place. I think his brother's helping him uh, batting practice, but he. A lot of baseball players will have that kind of luxury. So are you going to have to maybe do a spring trade for a few weeks to kind of get these guys back into baseball shape? Maybe have a couple of uh, spring training games, if you will, these sort of scrimmages to kind of like get everybody back into the, to the, to the groove. So it's, it's a very, you're in a tough spot. I mean, basketball is in a tough spot, but I think baseball is an even tougher spot. I couldn't agree with you more. Like I said, if everything goes according to plan, if, let me, let me repeat again. If we don't get an extension of the stay at home past April 30th, you, you're going to use this whole month of May to do that. Now, how are you going to work that? I don't know. And that's up to baseball and, and higher-ups, bigger, way bigger than us to, to decide that. But right. all the players will need some sort of spring training again because you're right in the middle of it when all this stuff stops. So, you know, you're going to have some type of training and to get in shape. And then hopefully if the season starts on June 8th or Memorial Day, that you know, and players will be ready to go. Like you said, they had, they had to get in some sort of shape first. You got to pick up where you left off in spring training originally. Yeah, and just like do two, three weeks of that, and then you can kind of get back into the to the mm-hmm. schedule and just pick up where you were left off in the end of like middle of June, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, share your share your memories of the late great Ed Farmer. You being the uh, wife. Yeah, he was a, a Chicago raised kid, born raised kid on the south side, uh, attended St. Rita. Uh, he loved Notre Dame football. Um, he pitched for the White Sox, uh, actually was a fan of this growing up, uh, uh, realized his childhood dream and achieved it, actually became an all-star uh, as a White Sox relief pitcher. And he was a heck of a broadcaster for the last 30, <clears throat> excuse me, plus years. I was skeptical when the White Sox hired him to do play-by-play with Darren Jackson. I know he did one year with Steve Stone when they were on 670 to score, but he really held his own as a lead play-by-play man. But I really enjoyed it with him and John Rooney before he left to go to St. Louis following the World Series year in 05. Those two really were 
um, knowledgeable at baseball and, and just really compliment each other on the radio. You don't get that too much uh, on, on the radio and baseball with a dual play-by-play. I know some of these teams just have the, the play-by-play guy and that's it. But right. uh, Rooney and Farmer, when they did the games on, on the radio, especially during the World Series, yeah, I really enjoyed those two. I was such a big fan of his growing up. I mean, like you said, he was a mm-hmm. Southside Rays kid. They, they got to live his dream. Now they play for the White Sox, but also do both the commentator and the play-by-play for the uh, for the the White Sox. And you know, he was so like you feel he. I remember him and him and Rooney during that World Series in '05. I mean, you can you can feel the excitement in both their voices. Mm-hmm. Because you know, Ed Farmer was like right there during the '83 squad that you could probably say probably could have won the World Series, maybe so. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you agree with that in that that assessment. But uh, yeah, I mean, you feel his passion, and he was very forthcoming with a lot of his, his health issues because he he dealt with when he was very young. And I remember that they showed a tribute video. The White Sox um, Twitter account showed a tribute video, and he 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 was very open about. You know, his, his brother had to give him a kidney because he needed a kidney transplant. Mm-hmm. He had been declining health the last few years as well. So, you know, I think everyone, everyone, everyone was, whether or not you were a Sox fan, I mean, you're definitely going to miss seeing Ed Farmer, seeing the tributes from Ozzie Guillen to our, our friend, our girl Alyssa, to all the other people that, you know, worked for the White House organizations that played with Ed Farmer and who was there when he was part of the White Sox play-by-play team. Jason Benetti had a nice tribute yesterday as well. So just this was a man that was well-loved by everybody in the White Sox organization. Yeah, you couldn't say that anymore, Lakina. He was the poor man's Hall Carrollson. He had to stay professional on the radio. He, now, he did let his opinions be known from time to time, but he did stay in that professional lane. But he didn't hide his emotions either. He wore it on his sleeve. And, and just like anybody else, he wanted the White Sox to win. It's just too bad he's not going to be here physically to see uh, the turnaround, hopefully, of the season when whenever we get back to playing. But if you believe in a higher power, he, he has a, a better seat to watch it uh, hopefully come through, hopefully with the World Series title, not too so distant future. He'll be very happy if that happens. So going to another topic, we haven't done NFL, so let's do that. <laughs> Lots, a lot oh, of football is finally here. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, at least football like said, news anyway. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, they they got for the NFL. Like I said, to keep all of us, all of us fans sane through all this. Yeah. So it, it it was you know very you know it's been a very uh, trying um been a very trying time here for all of us, for all the sports fans. So thank God for the NFL, of course. So the big story: Tom Brady leaving the Patriots to go to Tampa Bay. Now, were you surprised by that, or? I was surprised by the team that he chose, but I was surprised that he left because I had a pretty sneaky feeling that Tom Brady was going to leave New England after this year, only because if you follow the timeline here, Bill Belichick wanted to get rid of him a few years ago because he had Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to start his money. Now, since uh, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to uh, get starters money from New England, he he was uh, traded out of there because owner Bob Kraft wanted Brady because, let's be honest here, Brady is the golden child of uh, Patriots owner Robert Kraft. Now, Belichick, of course, he still is uh, arguably the greatest head coach of all time. Now, if he would have had Garoppolo, got his wish and kept Garoppolo and not get, and got rid of Brady and won a Super Bowl, of course, 
it would have been undeniably that he would have uh, been considered uh, the greatest coach of all, all time because his philosophy is that players are better because of my system. Not one player makes my system. Mike Rice, who's done a great job, ESPN Boston, who's covered the Patriots for years, he was sort of the first to kind of come out and say, listen, there's some trouble, trouble in paradise between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And I think this is, a little, this is kind of like an ego thing for both of them. I think they both want to prove that they don't need the other to you know, succeed and perhaps maybe win a Super Bowl. I, too, was a little bit surprised that, that he chose Tampa, but I guess he wanted to stay close by because a lot of his family lives near Boston, so I guess that's why he went with Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay, I mean, this, yeah, they, yeah, they were 7-9 last season, but they were close in a lot of those losses. Like, about four or five of those losses were very close. So, and that NFC South, yes, yes, Atlanta, they've made moves. New Orleans has made moves. We'll talk about those in a bit. But, and also Carolina, too, they're, they're still, they're kind of praised that, you know, they got a new coach. But it's a pretty easy division. To, not necessarily an easy division, but I'll say it, it's a little easier to, maybe not easier, but I would say that it's a, it's more than reach in the NFC South than it is in the AFC East. It is more of a reach. Of course, you had to consider New Orleans Saints of the class of that division. We all know about their playoff failures the past three seasons. Of course, you look at Atlanta, like you say, like, you know, they made a lot of changes. Todd Gurley, who was cut from the Rams, uh, the Falcons picked him up for one year. Dan Quinn, the head coach, he has his job for now, even though he had a strong uh, <laughs> finish to last season. Had to get onto a terrible start due to injuries and um, inconsistency. And, of course, you look at Carolina. As you mentioned, they picked up Teddy Bridgewater, and they signed him to a free agent uh, contract. So, And Kyle, uh, Kyle Allen, who was supposed to be their starter of the future, now he's going with, with Ron Rivera to Washington. And so you take a look at uh, Carolina. They're reshuffling their roster there, but they're still going to be competitive. competitive. So this NFC South is going to be uh, interesting. And with Tom Brady with Tampa Bay on paper, it looks nice. But uh, if the offensive line is not a, as strong as a brick wall, Brady can still struggle. We saw what happened last year with the New England Patriots. That offensive line was terrible. Yeah. If, 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 if Tampa Bay comes anything close to that, it's going to be a struggle for Brady again, even though it looks, the lineup looks good on paper. Remember, folks, he's still 43 years old. That's going to be the Achilles heel for the Bucks. Hopefully they can build that up through the draft, maybe get a, a top O-lineman. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty stacked you know, in the draft this year. Um, I mean, listen, I'm kind of surprised he went with Tampa as well. I really thought he was going to go to, San, go to um, San the Los Angeles Chargers. I call myself there for a second, but uh, you know we call them on the show the San Diego Chargers all along. Oh, Los Angeles, you got yes. it right the first time. <laughs> That's, well, yeah, technically, yeah, technically, you're right about that. Technically, yeah, I was right the first time, but yeah, because like there's a lot of, I mean, like there's a lot of weapons there. I mean, you got a lot of weapons in Tampa too. You got Chris Godwin, and you also got Mike Evans. But uh-huh. you know the defense is good, in with the with the Chargers. I'm a little surprised that he went with the Tampa, but. You know, we'll see what happens. I mean, they got a Dominican Sue as well for Tampa. So we'll see that because that defense has some huge issues last year. Um, yes. <laughs> although, although they've had a couple of bright spots. Um, who was the uh, Shaq, Shaq, uh, Shaq, what the hell? Shaq, uh, Shaquille Barrett. Mm. Shaquille Barrett, yeah. yeah. He was you know, made the Pro Bowl in his first season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so his rookie season. So, uh, yeah, he's, you know, 
getting a little help there for that defensive line, so they definitely need help there. So, I mean, the NFC South is going to be very interesting. Leo. Emmanuel Sanders is now with the Saints. Um, like I said, Todd Gurley is now with the Falcons. That's strange to say. Um, Carolina's made a lot of moves. I mean, you know, Matt Rule has brought a couple of his guys that he coached at Temple to come play for him over with Carolina. So that was a nice, nice little sentiment there. So it'll be interesting to see what NFC South. It's going to be a very competitive division, the NFC South. Yeah, here's a couple of things for you, Buccaneers and Patriots fans. And I heard this uh, throughout the last couple of weeks. Uh, especially when we're talking about television in the NFL. For you Tampa Bay game, Tampa Bay fans, get ready for your uh, games to be in prime time or in the late afternoon window on these doubleheader Sundays, especially with Fox. Uh, I know some people may like it, some people may not like it, but get ready for Joe Bug and Joy Eamon to call a lot of your games at 3.30 on <laughs> Sunday. Get ready for uh, at least, uh, I'll, I'll probably call it now, at least three to five prime time games on NBC on Sunday night. And you're definitely going to get a couple of Monday nighters in there, too. And for you uh, Patriots fans, uh, be, you're going to be just like us here in Chicago. There's going to be a lot of 12 o'clock games. So get ready for that. You're not going to be on primetime TV anymore if, if, if you are, unless they pick up a big-name quarterback. If, if they're going to be on primetime TV, maybe once. That is it. Oh, yes. I can't wait for the schedule to get released in a few weeks. That's going to be yeah. very interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The TV, oh, yeah. the TV parts about it. We just see where the books, how many times the books are going to be, are, are going to be aired nationally, and how much the Patriots uh, will not. Yeah. Now I'm going to give you uh, what's your number, Lakina, as far as the prime for time Tampa? games that Sun. Yeah, for Tampa for uh, that Sunday prime night time? and Monday night. Yeah. What's the over and under? I'll take four. I'll take it right in the middle. Four, four. I'll take. Uh, I'll take I'll over say, four. I'll say five. Five. Okay. Okay. We'll probably be right, right in that range. Yeah, right th- yeah, I know we have this recorded, but write this down. We'll see who's right in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, this should be. Listen, it should be. Five. Yeah, it'll probably be around there four or five for the uh, for the Tampa Bay appearances on Sunday night or even Monday night um, football. Well, we'll actually get to we'll actually get to Monday night football in a little bit, but some more like moves that kind of made things interesting. It looks like the Rams are dumping salary. We mentioned that they got rid of Todd Gurley. They got rid of Dominicans too. Um, where do you where do you expect the Rams to be next season? Because it kind of it seems like not necessarily rebuilding, but it kind of seems like they're they are kind of like dumping a lot of their high price guys. Well, this is what happens when you pay the price to win the Super Bowl. Um, yep. you get a lot of high price guys, and look at Jalen Ramsey; they're going to have to pay him this all season. And they're looking forward to they they're trying to get rid of Brandon Cooks. You remember they brought him over yep. from from the Patriots a, a couple of years ago, so. Uh, you paid that money to Aaron Donald finally a couple of seasons. It almost took two full all seasons to do that. And you gave Ty Gurley, now who's known well going to a ball club, his money first. And now you paid Jared Goff before the start of last season. So this is a high price for success in the NFL. It's really hard to keep uh, a sustained, sustained success together in the National Football League, even though the salary cap keeps going up. Uh, the, the, uh, the price for for a franchise quarterback goes up even more. And when that happens, that means you have to cut a whole lot of other guys from your roster, especially your high-priced guys. And sometimes your second, uh, your backup guys who are making a difference, uh, if they make enough money to be considered cut, those players will be the first one to go. And that's unfortunate, but that's the way the NFL business works today. Yeah, it's tough. If you're a Rams fan, you got to feel this is kind of tough. I mean, Dante Fowler, he's 
going to the Falcons as well. So, it, I mean, this is sort of like one of those things where if you don't win a Super Bowl, this is never a good thing if you're going to put it all out there in these last two or three years. I mean, it's sort of like, what do you do now? I mean, we'll, we'll see if there's still a factor in the NFC West. We'll see once everything kind of settles in and, you know, once the, the draft happens and such. But uh, it'll be interesting, though. I mean, I, I feel like maybe the Rams can be right there. Because I think that the 49ers are going to probably going to suffer from the Super Bowl uh, hangover, even though they didn't win it. Probably thought they should have won it. Yeah, look what happened to the Rams last year. They were in the Super Bowl yeah. the year before. Last year, they didn't make the playoffs. So I can see that happen for San Francisco. Take a look at the rest of that division in NFC West. You had, you had Seattle. They were a heartbeat away of getting to the title game against the 49ers. I still say to this day, they could have beaten the 49ers if that matchup would have happened, but we'll never know. Mm-hmm. And also and also with Arizona, even though their trade hasn't been finalized yet, DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona right before his free agency. Kyler Murray, as I told people last year, he's going to get better as the season goes on. Look what happened last year. The yeah. defense is still trash, but the offense started to turn around. Now, for one year, DeAndre Hopkins can learn from Larry Fitzgerald, and Kyler Murray has a true number one weapon now. If they can build that defense – because that, that defense, that front seven for Arizona is terrible. If they, mm-hmm. can build that, if they can build that through the draft, get a couple of guys from the draft, I'm not going to say they're going to win the division. I'm not saying that. But with the extra wild card there, they could be for one of those three wild card spots. Yeah, and I, you took the words right out of my mouth because, like I said, look at the progression of Calamari last year from um, mid-November on. Arizona was were one of the most highest scoring teams in the league. We all know that he can run, but, but he can also pass on the run as well. He's a, uh, his comp is a, a poor Russell Wilson, but he's only going to get better. Like I mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins should uh, um, help him get better. Kenyon Drake was a monster last year being traded from Miami to Arizona, so you have a comparable running game right there. David Johnson is no longer there because of his injury. So things to look up for Arizona on the offensive side. Like you said, Lakina, defensively, they have to get better. I know they have Chandler Jones, but – who else do you have? Um, Peterson, Patrick Peterson, his days are numbers. So yeah. His best days have, have come and gone. So you need to fix that secondary and get a couple of pass rushes. I'm not going to call it, call it yet, but it could be one of those surprise teams uh, come 2020, especially as you mentioned now with the extra wild card spot. All right, jumping right through here through these divisions. Um, the AFC North, Baltimore is playing checkers. Well, they're playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. All of those, all of these moves that Baltimore has made. I mean, what has impressed you most about this, the offseason moves for Baltimore? Uh, Baltimore is trying to get over that that bad taste in their mouth uh, with their loss in the second round to the Tennessee Titans last year. Well, uh, let's be honest here. Um, they had a great regular season, but this is their first time going. They was their first time going through it as a group. Now that they learned, so they say. We'll see what happens next year. Lamar Jackson is still a, a primetime player. I thought he did better uh, last year than he did during his rookie year. So we'll see what happens there. I still want to see their defense uh, uh, step up just a little bit more because they really didn't get too much in terms of pressure in the quarterback. I want to see that there because I know that's the, been their identity through the history of their franchise. So I want to see that there. Uh, looking at Pittsburgh, you know, Big Ben is back. He's supposed to be back. they missing just about almost, almost all of last year with that uh, elbow injury. Uh, Cincinnati, we all know they're going to draft Joe Burrow as their quarterback. They brought back A.J. Green. 
and Cleveland. Uh, do we have to really waste our time with them? Are they really <laughs> going to trade oh, oh, Odell Beckham Jr.? If they are, okay. If not, I don't want to hear anything from them. Yeah, I mean, they can beef up that. Beef up the front, front seven a little bit. I mean, that was the that was a big problem for the Ravens last year. That was probably really like the one of the Ravens' only weaknesses, you could say, was that front seven. They gave yeah, a lot of big Tennessee play. run all over him in the yeah, playoffs. Gave a lot of big plays to Derrick Henry. Had a lot to lot to do with that. So if they could beef up that front seven, they they could be right there. They could be the favorite to go to the Super Bowl next year because I think they're only a couple of pieces away. And they also have a lot of money left still in the salary cap. So um, Pittsburgh, I mean, we'll, we'll see about Pittsburgh. I mean, we'll see how Ben, Big Ben is during all this because, you know, he's grown a big beard. That's all I can say. <laughs> say about that. Since he, I mean, I, I guess, and yeah, Cleveland, Lord knows where Cleveland will be next year. So that AFC South, once, AFC North, I should say, once we do our previews and whatever that'll be and whatnot, It'll be Baltimore to lose, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. All right. Speaking of the AFC East, as I was saying, as I misspoke, um, Melissa, with Brady gone, that division's wide open now. Yeah, and it's, it's Buffalo's to to lose now. Yeah. Josh Allen will be going to his, I think, third year as quarterback. Yep. And now yep. they traded for uh, Stefan Diggs, who got his wish. He got out of Minnesota. Yep. <laughs> now he's your number one guy. Uh, the defense on paper looks solid. Let's see if they can improve that in the draft. And let's see if maybe they can get another set of wide receivers. This is supposed to be the year of wide receivers from what I've heard. So if Buffalo yeah. can get another impact wide receiver, they're really going to look good, at least on paper anyway. So they're, they're going to be the favorite no matter what. Unless New England decides to pick up a, a quarterback. They may draft Tua to move up to draft him. We don't know. We shall see. Um, Miami, <laughs> as, I, as I said on the radio show, I really like where they're headed. I'm not taking them to be a surprise in 2020, but uh, Brian Flores, a former Patriots defensive coach, uh, he has Miami going in the right direction. So uh, if they don't make it uh, this coming year, I think they'll make the playoffs next year. And then look out for the New York Jets as well. Uh, it, will Le'Veon Bell come back and have, uh, have a, 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 a career-defying year? Sam Darnold, he missed a quarter of last year, and they still went 79. So... I know Robbie Anderson, their wide receiver, is now gone to Carolina, but right. and they uh, turn it around. It looks like they were on their way until Sam Down called Mono, but you know mm-hmm. they need to improve on their uh, defensive unit as well. So it's going to be a competitive AFC East outside of 2008 when Tom Brady got hurt on opening day against Kansas City. I think the Dolphins won the division by a tiebreak over New England with the same 11 to five record. So just take 2008 away. This is the first time in 20 years that the AFC East is going to be actually competitive. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can't wait for the season to start because I, I love, the, I love uh, the Bills GM, Brandon Bean. He said that, listen, it's still the Patriots to win that division and, you know, unless we, until we beat them. So I guess that's, that's cool to say and also to, like, kill them with kindness, I guess. Maybe that's for, like, to keep the you know, <laughs> players eyes on the prize, I think. That's probably, like, that's a little reverse psychology there. <laughs> I like how he says it, but, yeah. Listen, all four of those teams can win a division. I mean, let's be honest. So that'll be an interesting one one there. Um, the AFC South. I mean, Houston, if you're Deshaun Watson, you're probably like, okay, what the heck am I still doing here? You you, you trade, they trade your top receiver. I mean, you're You got nothing back in value. Exactly. Nothing against David Johnson, but you know, let, let's be honest. Um, your defense is getting older. 
I, if I were Deshaun Watson, I would want to get out of there. He's not that. He's too. He's too classy. You know, he's too nice of a guy to say anything. I'm sure everyone else has been saying it for him, but. Yeah, like you said, uh, Lakini, he's definitely a top five quarterback in this league. You saw what he did in the playoffs uh, last season and really carried Houston uh, to the AFC South Division title. And he's still doing it with a bad offensive line, even though he's improved just a tiny bit from a, a mm-hmm. year ago, but it's, it's still not enough. I'm getting killed back here. And my head coach was also a GM. They can't do anything uh, uh, behind the scenes. Uh, there's something wrong there. And this is a perfect example why head coaches should not grab a GM title. Everybody's not Bill Belichick. Yes, Bill Belichick makes some mistakes every now and then. No one's perfect, but someone that has doesn't have a strong eye for talent doesn't need to be head coach and GM. It, it just not. It just doesn't work. You're seeing it right now with Houston. I really feel that it's the Colts division with all the moves they've made. Houston, I think the Houston they're going to take a step back. Jacksonville will see if the if Minshew mania can continue, and also Tennessee, they were able to their they were the franchise get they were able to sign Derrick Henry with a tenure. They got Ryan Tannehill back there. They kept him, so it'll be interesting to see if if you know they can kind of pick up where they left off last year. So, like I said, the AFC South is another one of those divisions that's probably wide open. Yeah, for the Tennessee Titans, um, they were the hunters. Now they're going to be the hunted, so they're not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. Uh, just to wrap up on the Indianapolis Colts, I think Phillip Rivers, I don't know if he's going to have a resurgent year, but I think he's, he's going to get a fresh start with head coach Frank Reich in Indianapolis. I, I uh, personally felt that the Indianapolis Colts were going to make the playoffs coming up here in 2020. Now you pick up Phillip Rivers, um, you still have T.Y. Hilton. You just got to stay healthy. And yeah. You still have a, a good, very good running back in Marlon Mack. And also you have a defense that's very underrated as well, yeah. which really showed what they could do last year. So and they also, also had a, a, a couple of games uh, that could have went either way last year. And let's be honest here, Andrew Luck quits on them, retires on them less than two weeks uh, before their regular season opener at the Chargers last year. So they had to deal with that first of all. So they, they got out to a tough start, but uh, they finished up strong late in the year. I know they lost at Jacksonville to end the regular season, but still, uh, they, they were still to eke out uh, an 8-8 eight eight record, I believe. So yep. uh, with Phillip Rivers, if you could just get anything good out of Phillip Rivers, you're not going to get anything out of him in terms of him uh, being in his prime. But if you can get something out of him, I think they, they have a good chance to get back into the playoffs. Of course, their kicker innovator, Terry, I believe is gone. Hopefully, if I'm correct on that. Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, so. They lost a lot of games, especially early with him, his misfortunes kick in the kicking game. Yeah, so. It'll be interesting there. Um, the West, I mean, if listen, if Kansas City could kind of stay at that high level, they were able to keep Sammy Watkins, they were able to restructure his contract that was announced earlier this morning. So, but the West, though, I think it's going to be interesting because if the Los Angeles Chargers, if they can get, maybe get Cam Newton, perhaps. I know Anthony Lennon said that, no, we're, we're stuck with Tyrod Taylor, but. If they can get Cam Newton at a team-friendly deal, their defense is solid with Joey Bosa. Then you've got, like, they got the weapons around there. They've got a nice running back, even though, yes, Melvin Gordon's down now with your rival, the Broncos. That AFC West could be maybe a, 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 a training ground for the wild card spots. Yeah, that AFC West could be competitive if Cam Newton decides to join the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's be honest here. On the business side, the Chargers need Cam Newton because – uh, you need your own home fans to sell that new stadium that you're going to share with the Rams coming up this fall. 
And like you said, on the football side, he makes the charges almost instant playoff contenders now with an extra wild card spot, in which we'll get into the structure of that in just a second. But on the football side, the charges roster looks good. Like you said, they already have the defense. Melvin Gordon's gone to Denver. And so uh, I think if Cam Newton decides to join the Chargers, the Chargers decide to pick him up now, he's a technically a free agent. You will challenge Kansas City uh, for the AFC West title. Now, Kansas City's going to come down to earth just a little bit, but they're still going to be a good team. Now, with the loss of now Las Vegas Raiders, uh, we'll see what happens with them because I know John Gruden says publicly he likes Derek Carr, but do, do you think he's going to go with him for too much long, longer? I don't think so. And then Denver, I know they picked up Melvin Gordon. I want to see how that's going to work out with him and Philip Lindsay because Philip Lindsay did very well last year. Yeah. I actually like his running style, but how the, how's head coach Nick Fangio, Big Fangio, going to work that out? I'm not so sure. Maybe I'm sure maybe he's going to start out slowly with Gordon because of his injury history last year. But I, I want to see how that dynamic works out. It looks good on paper, but it may be some potential problems. But as I said before, we are a long ways away from seeing that. Yeah, I mean, listen, like I said, the West is interesting to me. We'll see if the Chiefs can kind of stay right there where they were last year at the top. I mean, the Chargers, I think, could be right there, too, for the division as well, especially if Cam Newton ends up signing there. Um, the Raiders, I mean, Lord knows what they're doing. Who knows? <laughs> the Broncos, I mean, that, that's, that's an intriguing uh, team as well because they don't have a quarterback now. They got they released Joe Flacco, so now they don't have a quarterback. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So, yeah, the West the West should be wild. <laughs> In the yeah, I think it will be wild. Yeah, exactly. Um, going to the NFC East, I mean, it's been kind of quiet there for the most part. What do you think about the East, the NFC East? Uh, the Giants got the new coach in Joe Judge. I know he's trying to set the culture and all that. You got your franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones. Uh, we'll see what happens with them in the draft. And same thing with Philadelphia. They made the playoffs last year, even though that, that squad was battered up from top to yeah. bottom, including Carson Wentz, who got injured in that playoff game against Seattle. So we'll see if they can fix their offensive line. Uh, I know they uh, released a couple of guys here and there to uh, to boost up their defense. Um, Washington, I'm watching out for them because uh, they have new head coach Ron Rivera, former Chicago Bears player from back, back in the day. He brought up a Kyle Allen, the QB from Carolina. Yeah. So he's going to compete with uh, Dwayne Haskins going into his second year for that starting job. So I'm interested to see what Washington does in the NFL draft in a couple of weeks. And also for Dallas, just to wrap up, can you please sign Dak Prescott, please? I'm tired <laughs> of hearing the news uh, every day about that. If you're going to sign him, sign him, please. <laughs> they got to they gotta keep it going there, Sid. I mean, you know how Jerry Jones is. You know how Jerry Jones is. He got, yeah, he has to keep it in the headlines there, I guess, especially with nothing going on. Uh, like I said, I mean, the Giants, I mean, and, and, and Washington, I mean, they're, they're both having, they both have new coaches, so they just see where they go. If Tua ends up going to Washington, that would be the strangest thing I've ever seen. But, again, we'll, we'll talk more about that next week about the draft. Uh, Philly, I mean – Malcolm Jenkins is gone, so it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. what Philly does. Um, and, and Dak, I mean, well, the, the, as the Dak turns, continues right here. <laughs> Tune in next week for the latest episode. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, uh, the Chicago Bears and, of course, the NFC North. Now, Brian Pace says in the presser that him and Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, will have an open competition. We're in a quarterback spot. What do you think? 
is it really going to be an open competition, or as you say, Lakina, in your um, Richard Nixon air quotes open competition? Let's, let's be honest here. If you really dive into this thing, and we said this on the radio show uh, uh, leading up to this, the Bears should have gone after Cam Newton. I know there was reports that said yeah. that they were really looking to him. Technically, we were still on the Panthers before they released him, but they couldn't pull off a deal. Same thing with a. They were looking at Teddy Bridgewater, but yeah, I'm not surprised what the Bears did. They went with a safe pick. Nick Foles, yes, he, he was a Super Bowl MVP from a couple of years ago, but he's a guy that he knows his role. He's going to come in and do, does what he's supposed to do, but he's not really going to threaten Mitch, if you know what I mean. If you had a superstar like Cam Newton or Andy Dalton to lesser state in there, I think he would have created a, a little more tension. Let's be honest here. Head coach Matt Nagy, but more importantly, GM Brian pays their jobs on the line. So it, it depends on what Mitch does. If Mitch falls flat on his face, it's going to be both their heads. And even though, let's just say the Bears missed the playoffs this coming year, even though both those guys I just mentioned before, uh, um, they have one year left on the contracts. But I think they're going to get fired now with the extra wild card spot. There should be no excuses for them to make the playoffs. But if Mitch, Mitch struggles early and Nick Foles comes in, Let's be honest, Nick Foles has better weapons here than he did last year in Jacksonville due to all those injuries and inconsistent plays. So should Mitch uh, Trubisky uh, fall flat in his face early, you go to Nick Foles. I don't think Nick Foles will cause any controversy within that locker room, but like I said before, he's a veteran. He knows his, knows his role. He's going to come in and do what he's supposed to do. And plus, he's a little, little bit more mobile than Chase Daniel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And listen, if we get the Nick Foles that led Philly to the Super Bowl and ended up winning Super Bowl MVP, fine. If we get the Nick Foles from last year where he was terrible and he ended up getting hurt, I don't want to hear it. Um, speaking of questionable signings, uh, Jimmy Graham, and he got no trade clause. <laughs> you pay, you could have got Eric Ebron for that for less than that. He's about what about six or seven years younger. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, typical Bears, right? You, and you, I think you technically, you technically still have Trey Burton on your roster who hasn't played in almost a year and a half. So, yep. Uh, uh, I'm personally wishing Jimmy Graham the best, but it's really a trial by fire. Uh, when you say that at this point, and the same thing with Trey Burton, technically oh, yeah. he's still on your roster. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things where we'll see how they use Jimmy Graham. I mean. He wasn't productive his last few years in Seattle. He was productive in Green Bay, and he had two potential Hall of Fame quarterbacks right there. So what's he going to do in Chicago? That's the one thing I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand it either, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But going back to Nick Foles real quick, I don't think you're going to see uh, as many, hopefully not see as many turnovers as we saw from Mitch the last couple of years. We all know Mitch was injured last year with the shoulder, but the Bears, at least in this draft, had to fix their offensive line. Was it great last year? No. Was it as terrible as some people want to make it out to be? No. But I, I think they need to fix the offensive line in this draft because I don't think they're far away as far as that unit is concerned. They still need an extra pass rush. I don't know where they're going to get that from. But they right. need extra extra pass rushing now with Little Floyd being cut and going to the Los Angeles Rams. And you need a safety who's going to pair with Eddie Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I mean, this is really make or break for the Bears because they kept saying mm -hmm. it was Super Bowl or bust last year. So 
you made moves, but again, you need you need more O line help. Maybe you get another like front seven guy. I mean, you, do you go for another quarterback? Some people said maybe get 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 Jalen Hurts maybe in the second in a, a second round picks, and they got two second round picks or two third round picks, I should say. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's two second round picks. Two second round picks. Okay, yeah, I keep, I keep getting that mixed up, but yeah. Do you use the two second round, one of those two second round picks to get a quarterback to get maybe a Jalen Hurts or a Jake Fromm, somebody like that? Well, I, I, I think if they didn't pick up Nick Foles, you probably would have had to do that. But now since they have Nick Foles, I don't know if they're going to do that. If it was me, I would do it personally. But I'm just telling folks how the Bears think. And I don't think they'll do that now since they have Nick Foles. Now, if Trubisky wasn't on the roster, then I think it's a, a no-brainer. But now since they have Trubisky and Nick Foles on the roster, I don't think they'll do that. They should do it, but I don't think they're going to. It'd be a very easy move if they if they did if they didn't. Uh, <laughs> now think, think about the rest of the NFC North. I mean Minnesota they lost Diggs. Uh, they traded Diggs. Uh, Green Bay. I mean they've made some moves. Detroit. You know they they kind of uh, they might be dumping a lot of money too. So any moves sort of like stand out for you with the with the rest of the NFC North? Uh, the Minnesota defense, as I told people last year, um, they're starting to get a little bit older. It's still a very good defense. Let's be honest, that Corey has been together the last three or four or five years. Everson Griffin, we don't know. He had his off-the-field issues with the mental health. Not to make fun of that. We shouldn't. We should not. And I'm not going to here. But uh, he's still a very productive player. But Minnesota's not going to bring him back. So I'm interested to see who picks him up. But they may take a slight step back next year. Kirk Hudson's got an extension. Thanks for winning that playoff game last year, I, I guess. So, there's your reward, even though you looked bad against a great defense in San Francisco in that following game. <laughs> but uh, the rest of that division is going to be interesting. Detroit, I still, as I said on the radio show, I think they still have a, uh, have a sneaky feeling. They may be around sniffing that tool, but I, I'm not sure. So, we'll see what happens there. Green Bay, I think this is the end of the road for them. I'm not saying they're going to rebuild, but Last year was their opportunity to do some big things. Yes, they got to the NFC title game, but you really saw what their roster was really made of. They got exposed and exposed big time. Yeah, I mean, they definitely need to beef up some of that. Maybe get another running back or to maybe sort of beef up that defense because, like I said, defense is getting is a, was good but not great. And that front seven is getting that, – that, uh, no, that old line is getting, getting a little bit older. It may have to uh, – mm-hmm. They have to build through their draft, so it'll be interesting. I mean, like I said, I mean, a lot of these guys can't, a lot of these trades and signings can't be completed because you know they, they these guys can't go to these these places to get their physicals done. So everything's in a holding pattern, pattern at this point. Yeah, it is. So we'll wait to see what what happens with with those uh, acquisitions. But like I said, the NFL should be fun, and hopefully when this. Uh, when these uh, guidelines are lifted, it, um, the players will train with their new teammates. And like, it's, uh, like I've been here the last few days, and I'll say it here, training camp is, is going to be interesting with now. Hopefully, the, if, the bio, if the deadline does not get extended, you're going to have very limited time for off-season um, act, activities, which they're now canceled. But training camps is going to be interesting because this is uh, back in the day, uh, players use training camp to get in shape and now it looks like it may be going back to that again this year because of coronavirus so it's going to be interesting who gets up to a good start 
uh, what's the preseason going to look like? Is everybody going to play a little, little bit more in terms of the stars than they normally would? Because as of right now, the all-season programs have been canceled or postponed. So it's going to be interesting training camp for preseason. I mean, they're supposed to be doing OTAs right now. So exactly. that, that's, that's going to be interesting how the NFL does this from now on because it'll be interesting. So uh, I know you got to get ready to go to work, Sid. So we're going to end it mm-hmm. right here. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be, we're going to be posting this on, you know, various social media platforms and whatnot. So hopefully Jason will be able to join us again next week. So this has been fun, Sid. You know, we, let's, again, let's do it next week. Yes, um, thank you, Zoom. So Yay, well, if it wasn't for Zoom, we wouldn't be able to, to give you guys our thoughts. So like Lakina said, we'll be back at it next week. Hopefully, Jason will join us, and it's going to be a, a better time, I promise you guys. Right. So, uh, yeah, so this has actually been fun, so let's do it again. We'll talk more about uh, maybe college football season being canceled. That's what Kirk Herbstreit said. We'll, we'll have thoughts on that. I mean, all the other stuff has been going on, too. Hopefully, we'll have more to talk about. Even even so. So for Sid, I'm Akina. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. And for goodness sakes, follow the guidelines. See you later. Stay your ass in the house. Holla! <laughs>